Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Cheerson Soussel. He is Sean DePaz, the man typically behind the cam- behind the camera, now in front of the camera filling in for Mac, who is somewhere in the woods without Lost cell service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's weird being on this side of the camera. I wasn't Welcome. Really mentally prepared for all of this. <laughs> well, we have a lot to get to today. Um, yeah. But first, as you can see, like we are still doing remote shows. Our studio is still getting set up, which only means that the payoff, I think, for being able to sit in those big comfy chairs for yes. more furniture in our new studio is going to be that much greater. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely going to be worth the wait. I did watch the ASU football game from here last night, sitting in one of those big comfy oh! chairs. Prime sports viewing experience. Probably going to do that for basically every ASU game that I can. It's uh, They're pretty comfy. They're comfier than my house. I'll say that much. Oh, I'm so jealous. I should have joined you guys yesterday. I didn't even think about that. We're not like fully working out of it yet. So I didn't even cross my mind like, hey, at least go in for the for the ASU football game. Um, But man, awesome. Uh, We're so excited for you to check out um, our friends at More Furniture. Again, you've heard us continuously say they hooked up our entire office, which hopefully sometime sooner rather than later, we're going to be able to show you guys uh, new studio, new furniture, the whole nine yards. and uh, if you are interested in checking out Moore's Labor Day sale, you can visit moorefurniture.com. It is crazy that we are approaching Labor Day already. Um, and we had a blast also out at Four Peaks on Wednesday. And uh, <laughs> I had a blast stealing donuts from your guys. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was just bombed our show, stole our donuts. You guys are so bad. You didn't have a sense of humor. You were like, well, how are we going to do a stinking ad read if you don't have any donuts? Listen, I'm serious about my donuts, particularly when they're Hertz donuts. Um, But, you know, we got the donuts back. It was all all's all's well that ends well, I suppose. But in the moment, I was like, damn. (laughs) Surprised you even had room for donuts because, of course, we like to fill our bellies up with beer and delicious food, chicken tendies, every time we're out at Four Peaks. Um, And we also... We were able to give our Toast of the Month winner their prize pack. Chris, uh, shocker, Chris <laughs> yeah, right. was our big winner. Although it was a shocker because there she was like 
number like 130 something. And, and then yeah. I guess she just has good luck with us. But uh, she was our toast of the month winner. If you want to get in the on the action for next month, um, the sweepstakes to win includes a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. So you can go to gophnx.com or click the link in the show notes uh, to enter to win the toast of the month. But as always, you have to be 21 or older. When it comes to Four Peaks, enjoy responsibly. Okay, we have some breaking news to discuss, something that I have been waiting for and I'm so thrilled for the sport of college football. Uh, The CFP Board of Managers has decided on a 12-team college football playoff during today's meeting. I think we have maybe a tweet um, that we can pull up from Pete Thamel. The model is expected to start in 2026 after the current contract, according to a source. Uh, He says there's still a chance that it could go earlier, but those details are complicated and would take some time to work out. So this just came down like within the last 20 minutes. Again, that was Pete Thamel uh, part of that breaking news, but uh, your initial reaction, Sean, uh, I know Shane and you can pop in at any time. Doesn't particularly like this, but I'm thrilled for it. Yeah. And I mean, I know one of Shane's like big problems with it is that you're not getting really any better football. Like that one twelve matchup is going to be terrible. Like, yeah, I don't have much of an interest in seeing that outside of the fact that I have interest in seeing more football, uh, but I think it's good, right? Like I, I think this is, it's, it's, obviously better than the BCS of old. Like I think having this competition is good. Um, like I said, I like more football. I am interested to see kind of how it's set up, right? If the, if any of these yeah. power five conferences get automatic bids, I know like a, a big kind of thorn in all of this recent previously has been Notre Dame and them being independent, how they kind of fit in all this. So I wonder if it's just 12 at large bids. It's, and I'm interested to see how it plays in with all of the, the bowls, right? Because a large part of how this was set up is, is the cotton bowl, the Rose bowl, all of those guys being having a spot in the college football playoff. So it's interesting, but it, it's, I'm excited for it. I think it's good for conferences like the big 10, the sec that are only getting bigger and getting better teams in the conference. Like it'll give them a chance to have, just because you know Alabama loses to Georgia in the in the conference championship, it doesn't automatically disqualify Alabama from making the college football playoff. Which obviously, I mean, hey, it's even good for conferences like the Pac-12 as well, yeah. who might have a chance to sneak another team in there. So I think it's good for everybody all around, and it's just good for, in my opinion, for the sport of college football. Like it should yeah. be about the kids that are playing. It gives them something more to look forward to. Like the majority of kids that are playing. It's like, well, we don't really have a shot at making the college football playoff. Like if you're not Alabama, if you're not Clemson, Ohio State, you know, some of the teams that we see in it every single year, it's like, well, I I can't win a national championship. This just gives more teams at least something to work towards. And hey, who doesn't love an underdog story? It gives at least an opportunity for us to see some more underdog stories i know like cincinnati was was a team that you know we talked about like last year and i maybe they would have totally gotten blown out but like at least give the they weren't their butts off at least like give them a chance and they got to say listen like we played on this stage and it was awesome and then every once in a while there's opportunity for a big time upset that nobody expected yeah and i mean the reality of it is is that we'll always be in a situation where now the 13th team will be like well Maybe we should expand the playoff more because we deserve to be in there. But I I had always been a proponent of like a six-team playoff because, again, like we said, 
those those one six those one twelve games aren't going to be the most exciting games. With a sixteen playoff, you kind of get a, a closer games. But I agree. I think it is good for the sport. I think you. I mean, you look at ASU for example. They were pretty close to a Rose Bowl last year. Like it definitely was a possibility. Uh, it was in the picture for a lot of the season. It, that's a team now that obviously they wouldn't have made the college football playoff last year, but they're a lot closer. Like I think it, it kind of balances out. Cause like you said, now there's a lot more schools that can say that they have a legitimate chance of making a, a college football playoff. And I, and like I said, the one twelve games might not always be competitive, but it's still college football. So something can happen. Um, there's always, there's always upsets in college football. So I think it's going to, it's going to be exciting. It's just like the tweet said, there's a lot of details that have to get worked out about this. So it's, it can go a few different ways. Um, I kind of just hope it's the 12 best teams. Like I hope there's not necessarily, I don't really like at large bids in a tournament of this size, but I, I think it is a step in the right direction. I, I, I like there being more football and more football that actually means something. So I'm excited about it. And at minimum, I think Shane has like a slightly different opinion on it, but at minimum, I think we can all agree that a four team playoff was not it. Yeah, I like, agree. That is too small of a size. Yeah, I think you because I think for most of these college football playoffs, like you can make a legit argument that that five six team could deserve to be in a playoff. And I, there's a lot of people that had a problem with Cincinnati being in the college football playoff. Like you can still have that now and still have the Power Five teams that are probably That's better what I'm than saying. Cincinnati. That was even exactly though I guess Cincinnati point. is going to the Power Five, but um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be good. I think you get a chance to you don't have to necessarily disrespect these non these group of five schools and you could still give the power five schools uh, their due. Right. So I think it's good for schools like Oregon, Utah schools that are kind of always right around that, that precipice in the, in the conferences that are power five, but aren't considered like the, those conferences, like aren't big 10 sec. Um, yeah. I think, I think everyone benefits from this, to be honest. Shane, we're going to move on to ASU. Do you have a thought? You want to pop in and give a thought before we move on? <laughs> all right. So this is kind of like a like as a kid, you're like, why can't I have all of the sugar in the world? Why can't I eat all of this stuff? Like I've always wanted more teams to make the playoffs. And now that it's like kind of now that I've seen what that playoff actually looks like, my tummy hurts. You know, I don't think <laughs> it, th th it needs this. Like, I, I agree. I think that it needs to be expanded, but I think 12 is far too many. What yeah. I said on the bet show is similar to what you said, Sean. Make it a 10 or make it a 6. Give the best teams a buy so we don't yeah. have to see that. I agree. Upsets can happen, but it's not college basketball. It's college football. Yeah. You're not like – like people can't get hot from the three-point line like they can in college basketball. There are just bigger and stronger men in this sport at the sec level than in the big sky, you know, like, or these smaller conferences, I think it's good. Uh, I, before the show, I said, it's not great for the sport. That's not what I meant. I think it's not great. I think it's great for the sport and great for the people playing the sport, but from a viewership standpoint, I think people are kind of confused as to what they actually want because people were complaining about Cincinnati and the Alabama last year. They were like, this is going to be boring. And it was kind of boring. It was just one team was way better than the other team. And it's going to be a lot more of that. So I think as details start to come out, we'll see how they kind of play it. Um, definitely for the the kids playing the game and for something to actually root for, because I am the biggest bowl game hater. I think six and six bowl games are the dumbest thing in the world. So if this yes. eliminates some bowl games, maybe fantastic. But yeah, that's my thought. on it. I, I think overall it's, it's, it's great for college football, but just from a viewership standpoint, I don't know I mean, how it's going to go. Looking at the rankings from last year, the 112 game would be Alabama versus Pitt. Kenny Pickett was good. It wasn't 
that good. But I mean, you get you get it. You get a Utah, Michigan State in there. I, there's there would definitely be some interesting games. Like the five six would have been Notre Dame or Utah or Notre Dame Ohio State. Like that's okay. Are you more likely to watch play, Pitt but. in a bowl game, or are you more like likely to watch Pitt play literally anybody in the playoffs? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if if Pitt was in the in the playoffs, we wouldn't have gotten that terrible fake slide from Kenny Pickett. So, yeah, uh, but but yeah, my thing is like, yeah, I'll watch the first five minutes, but after you know Alabama returns a punt and then picks Kenny Pickett off, and then it's twenty-one <laughs> to nothing, I'm turning it off immediately. In a bowl game, they might be competitive, and I'll keep it on in the background. But yeah, I I, I, I get what you're saying. I think viewership will be a lot higher. I, I will say though that that one twelve game might not have been interesting, but a two twelve between Michigan and Utah, like I would have been excited to see, and I think that could have been a very good game. Um, yeah. I I don't know, and then also when you get a situation like Cincinnati being a four seed, you know who would have been the the it would have been Oklahoma State. Like that's a game where I think the the nine has a very legitimate chance of beating the four. Yeah, and that's uh, where this comes in, where it's so awesome. Oklahoma State shouldn't be completely out of conversation. Because they couldn't get that extra inch to yeah, the literally line an inch, because yeah. of that outside outside zone. Like this makes that possible. So it's really exciting in that way. We just need more details. And I think I was just a little sour because it went from four to twelve instead of four to six or four to eight. Yeah. We'll see where this goes. I'm not it an angry. Some people can just some people can just never be happy. I want more teams. No, that's too <laughs> yeah. many. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that me? Oh, I'm just gonna leave that. How? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Someone's let's move on to eight. <laughs> Let's move on to ASU. Um, I, I don't want to call it a big win because it was an expected win, but it was a blowout. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and we got to see what Emory Jones was made of. We got to see my new dude, my man. Uh, I know Daniel Ngata is our guy, but I also loved X Valade and what he brings yeah. to the table. So uh, just a lot of uh, a lot of great takeaways from yesterday's season opener for ASU. Yeah, it was. I mean, like you said, it was a game that they were supposed to win, and and they but they handled business. It was good. The running game looked amazing. Both Ingata and Valade averaged over seven yards per rush. Even third string Tevin White had sixteen yards on his first uh, rushing attempt. Like it was super effective. They were super effective. Emory looked really good. The defense, particularly the defensive line, looked really good. They allowed I think twenty nine rushing yards. It was it was like a, a dominant performance, which you expect, but also. That school down south didn't do this. They, they, as Shane was saying earlier today, they had they were favored by just as much as ASU was in this game, and Arizona couldn't take care of business last year. So I'm going to take it. The other thing that happens in these games a lot of time, and we've seen with ASU, is it's supposed to be one of those games where it's like, okay, let's just like knock off the rust. And really, yeah, there were some some penalties. There was a pick six that was called back that you're like, dang it. Um, but I didn't feel like it was egregious. Like they definitely could have won the game, but have shot themselves in the foot with penalties, which they, oh my gosh, this team has done so much in the past few years. So I I felt pretty good about just the overall way that they played that game. And of course, you're going to have some things to, to clean up. But um, I think ASU fans should feel pretty good because what was it like? What is it? Uh, you, you would know this number. Is it 52 new faces? 51, I believe. Yeah. Fif- it was it, yeah 51 yeah 51 it was it's it's a lot yeah. yeah and i mean that's that's the really the thing about this game is is you were never going to get a whole lot of like is this a college football playoff team from this game there the talent wasn't there but you have a lot of questions about 
is this team going to be able to look cohesive with all of these games? Are they going to be able to cut back on some of those those self-inflicted penalties? And they did, right? Like like you said, that was their biggest problem last year is the penalties. And and there was a point earlier in the game when they had a false start, and I was like, oh god, it's happening again. And then that ended up being their only false start, their only penalty from the offensive line, I think. So like it, it, that you. You can be happy about that because that really doesn't matter who you're playing. Those are just mental errors. Um, and they didn't really make those. And then, yeah, they looked like a team that had been together a while, despite it being basically an entire new roster. So those are the, the things that I think you can really take away. Um, and then, you know, just the patience of Emery Jones, kind of the energy that the defense had, even missing two of their biggest names in the secondary and to Marcus Davis and Jordan Clark. Like the team looked they, they answered all the questions that you could answer in that game, and they looked as good as you can. They took care of business, and I think if you're an AS Sun Devils fan, you have to be happy about that. Yeah, I agree. This segment is the temperature check, so I'm giving a hot to college football right now in general for their postseason uh, extension, and then I'm also giving a red hot to ASU for starting off on the right foot. All right, yeah, so... Yeah. From that, we move into something else that's sizzling hot. Uh, winning six, I think, of their last seven is the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Do not are. overlook the Diamondbacks right now because we are seeing the future right now, and the future is very bright for them. Yeah, no, they're exciting. Obviously, they swept the White Sox. Then they had the the, the ugliest, or just the weirdest series win of all time over the, the Phillies after scoring double digit runs in the first two games and then losing 18 to two in the, the third game. Very odd, but it's still a series win over, a, a, over a, a, what's currently a playoff team in the NL. So, and then uh, they shut out the, the Brewers last night. So this team looks good and it kind of may have something to do with the call up of one Corbin Carroll. Um, they just, they've looked really good. I think, I think if this happened earlier in the season, you'd have to start kind of looking at them as a playoff team there. I mean, they're only 10 games back which is a lot, but they've been playing really well. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot, but also a lot better than I would have expected them to be at, at this point of the season. So uh, it's good. Obviously they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but it's, it's gives D-backs fans a lot of hope for the future. And D-backs fans seem excited. Like people actually seem like they are looking forward to going to D-backs games, which is not something you could have said even a couple of months ago. Yeah. Corbin Carroll was electric in his debut and you know another thing that i noticed and this doesn't even have anything to do with what they were necessarily doing on the field but the whole mikhail bridges day and just seeing how much like on that broadcast like how much the fun the players were having and then you add mikhail into the mix and and fans were interacting with everything and i'm just like man like i've i don't know the last time i felt this way about the Diamondbacks in general, and it could be calling up a guy like Corbin, or it could be just seeing the way that all the young guys have come together and really shine the excitement in the dugout. Because a year ago, the way the dugout looked was like they had just seen a ghost and Tori Lovello was aging at a a speed that like nobody has seen before (laughs) because of what he was going through. So, and we'll get to him in a second uh, because he had a nice week as well, but um, that just that, and then just the crowd interaction and the McHale Bridges day. And and this was like a good week. I feel like a solid week for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Also, um, I did want to add one more thing about Corbin Carroll because looking into it, um, just like a side note, maybe I was totally late to uh, the party on this one, but 
he is not only limited and how many appearances he's going to make because of his limited playing time in the past couple of years due to COVID and injuries and things like that. Um, but I was reading up on this again, might be totally late to the party. Um, but with a new rule, um, <clears throat> I guess if he only plays a certain amount of games and he can still keep his rookie status for 2023, yep. it puts the team in a place um, where he could potentially go on to win rookie of the year and then they'll receive a draft pick. Did you hear that? Well, I didn't know about the draft pick thing. I knew obviously about his like rookie eligibility. And I mean, based on how he's and obviously super limited sample size, but I mean, I, him running rookie of the year, I don't think is unrealistic next year. Like he's obviously a very good player. He's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. So it's, and, and if they can get a draft pick on that, Hey, <laughs> I, know, I didn't know. I guess it's part of the new uh, collective bargaining agreement. So I was reading up on that and I was like, Oh man, like, Oh, that's pretty fun to watch out for yeah. potential rookie of the year. Get a little draft pick out of it. Just all around, just a, a lot of excitement. Uh, yeah. And speaking of which, we know that Tori Lovello is going to be the manager for next season as well. Just this week, the D-backs exercising his contract option for the 2023 season. Uh, he's already the longest tenured manager in franchise history. Next year is going to be a seventh season. Um, and there is no doubt in my mind that he should have been given at least one more year and, and is the guy for this job to manage the team right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's here in large part because of his ability. He needs to develop players, right? Like this is it's, this team has been in a rebuild for a few years now, and you're finally kind of starting to see the fruits of that labor. It's, I feel like in a lot of professional sports, there's a very short leash. You want to see instant impact, but this is a thing that I think kind of the whole franchise all the way up from Derek Hall down is like, it's about trusting the process and, and that's what they're doing. Like they're, they're, they're sticking to their, their plan. Very similar to the coyotes, actually like they're sticking to their plan and they're not kind of jumping the gun and being like, Oh, we might have a chance. Let's go get someone at the trade deadline. Let's let's go get a new manager and kind of just like let's go for it now. They're, they're sticking to the process, and I think that's a large testament to what Tory has been able to do. This contract extension, he deserves it, right? Like they, they, this team is exciting now in large part because of him and what he's been able to do with these players. So I think if you're a D-backs fan, you have to be happy, and it's also just the stability, right? Like you get a manager staying here for a long time, and I think that's just a good thing to have for any franchise in sports. Yeah, it's a testament to the way he approaches managing a team. He's very so. much kind of like that um, that players coach, players manager type of guy. Yep. Chris in the chat mentioning that Jesse talked about it. Jesse has an article up at gophnx.com um, with a lot of quotes from Josh Rojas just being um, – his, his number one fan and couldn't say enough good things about the way that he is relatable. It feels like yeah. he is one of them rather than some, you know, big like idol that, that walks around managing the team and the team is separate. Um, everybody feels like he is someone that they want to follow, that they can trust. Um, yeah. And it just, they want to be their manager. And so that speaks a lot, especially with everything that Tori's gone through. The team has gone through, quite frankly, um, that he is still talked about in that regard and has kept a positive attitude uh, with a lot of losing in the last couple yeah. of years um, to the point where, where his own players are like, this is, this is our guy. Like we want him to be our manager. So congrats yeah. to Tori. And I, I, I'm happy that he's sticking around at least another year. 
Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you, it, we talked about the, the, how young this team is. It's important to have a manager that can kind of relate to those guys. And also, uh, another part of this team that makes them exciting is the way they play baseball. Like, baseball is a lot of strikeouts, home runs, stuff like that. They're a quick team that's willing to play small, small ball, and they're super fast. And Torrey utilizes kind of the, the skills that he has in these young players. And that's another just kind of facet of all of this. He's relatable to the players, and he actually plays to the strengths of the roster he has. And it's why this team is so exciting. So, yeah, I don't think you can be happier with Tori as a manager right now. All right, so we do have another topic to discuss. It is hot, but not in a good way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dang it, I, I hate this for him. Cardinals quarterback Antonio Hamilton suffered just an awful freak accident uh, while he was cooking that involved some hot oil. Um, he tweeted out uh, pictures of it, um, and with a caption that just makes you really feel for the guy uh, saying had the greatest camp of my career. And last Monday I had an accident that could have ended up deadly for me and my family, but instead I got the short end of it by having my feet severely burned second degree burns. It was literally a freak accident and God spared me to only have these injuries. So he was placed on the Cardinals reserve non-football injury list, which means he'll miss at least the first four games of the season before he's eligible to return again. Um, you feel for the guy, not only because it's a bad accident, you don't yeah. want to see that happen to anyone. Um, and, but also because he worked his butt off to earn a starting spot, seven seasons in the NFL. He went undrafted. I think he's only started in four games out of more than 70 in his career. So this was an opportunity uh, for him to really showcase that he it belongs as a starter and he definitely earned it in camp. And so the fact that he's now taking a step back over some, just like he said, freak accident, I hate it for him. And then ob obviously that was already a position group that was yeah. thin for the Cardinals. So there's a whole other story that goes along with just what that means for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of just a reminder in general that like athletes are human and that this all kind of operates in like the real world, right? Like, obviously, when you think of, of sports, you're always worried about like a, an accident or an injury in the game, but like they go out and they live the real lives. And, and it's just so unfortunate that a, like a, a literally a freak accident like this happens. It's not anything you can control, not anything within the confines of the sport. And it, this is it. Obviously, like you said, it hurts the Cardinals. It's just so upsetting for him that like you said had one of the best camps of camps of his life and now it gets taken away and just something that you have no control over really um did we throw so, that yeah, tweet up with the photo of it yeah i have it i forgot to upload it because i'm a big i was dummy. like i didn't see um, that tweet <laughs> yeah i'm a big dummy i have it right here um <laughs> but yeah it's and it's just yeah when you see the the, the tweet just like you said that that caption of it was so just like it just kind of hurt your heart a little bit like it just he you could tell that he he had been working so hard and then for this to happen um but like he said it's also like I, it says a lot about him too just kind of the way he the perspective he brought to this like it could have been so much worse and and he felt like he was spared um and it's just amazing that he was able to have that kind of like positive outlook on it yeah, despite it being so terrible yeah, it's not just his feet either. It's like his his leg. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of pain. Like not only when it happened, but the healing process of that has to hurt so freaking bad. So, so per the uh, league rules, he has to miss at least four games now. But I don't. 
I don't know how long that's going to take to heal. So hopefully it is just limited to those four games. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, this is not like a, it's not like you see a lot of times where guys have like weird accidents at home, but it's like a, oh, they fell off a bike and they broke their wrist or they fell down the stairs and they sprained an ankle. Like, this is something where it's like, I don't even know what like the recovery time for, for burns like this are. Like, it's just, it's something just so unusual. It's just like you said, just such a freak accident. It's just so unfortunate. On the other side of it, the Cardinals did trade for Raiders corner Trayvon Mullen, uh, but it was, he was expected to be released by the cut deadline anyway. So they obviously they needed to bring somebody else in, but it doesn't make me more excited for yeah. like the depth at corner. So we're going to see, I guess what they're made of uh, next Sunday in their opener against the Kansas city chiefs. Oh, what an opponent to start out with. Against. Yeah, Especially an opponent to start out with a week in secondary. Like that's yeah. <laughs> facing probably the best quarterback in the NFL. It's tough. Um, but it'll, I mean, it will say a lot about the, about this Cardinals team if they can compete or especially if they can win. Um, so it'll be, yeah, that's a, I'm just excited for the NFL to be back in general. Me too. And I'm excited because we're going to have tailgates for every game all season long. But if you are planning on trying to actually go to the game, uh, we've got something awesome to tell you about uh, a new app. It's called game time. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sporting events, but then also concerts and shows um, anything, any event that you might need to get a ticket to, you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute uh it's great for anyone who's a procrastinator out there or for somebody who's like no i i think i'm not going to go to the game and then all of a sudden you're like you got this fomo and you're like no i really want to be there i really want to be there i got to be in there uh in person so uh you can head up onto game time and then tickets up to 60 percent off um if you love phnx we know you're going to also love game time. It is the best way to support us is to buy your tickets through the link in the description. And we are thrilled to be partnering uh, with them as well. I mean, th there, there's not a, all of our sponsors um, resonate with who we are as a company, but this one is so awesome that we also get to partner with um, a, with a company that gets fans yeah. at the games that we are covering uh, at a discounted price. So we're thrilled to be partnering with them. 100%. I use them all the time to go to D-backs games, literally as I'm walking up to the stadium. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's my, it's been my go-to ticketing app. So it's just just perfect that they happen to, to partner with us. I love it. Sean's an OG before we even partnered yep. up with them. <laughs> I've been doing this. Uh, all right. Something that is uh, cold this week. I would give that a big thumbs down, yeah. a freezing cold thumbs down. Jay Crowder, something is up with this man. Uh, <laughs> mind you, uh, he is still uh, under contract through this upcoming season, but he has taken to social media to cryptically show that he is not happy here in Phoenix. So first on August 1st, he tweeted out change is inevitable. Growth is optional. I believe it is time for a change. I want to continue growing. Then he took to Instagram this week uh, 
with the caption, they didn't believe in me, exclamation points. God did, exclamation points, with an eye emoji. And then this went viral. I went and checked the post and it was no longer pinned, but there are lots of screenshots and this is what went viral was a comment that is allegedly or was allegedly pinned that he made pinned on that post. Uh, somebody saying, Miami Heat, believe the man, pay the man, we want him back. So this got... Uh, everybody talking here in Phoenix, out in Miami, across the NBA world of what is going on with him. Is he trying to get back to Miami? Uh, Did something happen behind the scenes that made him incredibly unhappy uh, with the franchise? Uh, But then he went ahead and just deactivated his Instagram. So I went to actually pull a screenshot off his Instagram yesterday, and I was like, Huh. Uh, I don't think he blocked me because I am not that important. So this must mean that he deactivated his Instagram. So there we are with Jay Crowder. Yeah. I mean, first off, give yourself a little more credit. You are that important. Maybe he did want to block you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it feels a little weird to me because it's like in my mind, it's like, relax, Jay, you're not that important. Like you were terrible in the, in the play, playoffs. So like. I don't know who you think what you think you're doing here. I, I mean, it just kind of adds to a long line of, of you know, the whole KD saga and the whole DeAndre Ayton saga. And now he's trying to fit his way into this. I don't know. Um, it's just it, it's an interesting approach, I feel like, because like it's not he's not a star, right? Like he's not a, he's not a Kevin Durant. He's not even a DeAndre Ayton that has any kind of real leverage like like this. It's not like he's going to force his way out. Like they don't he's not that important. Um so it's an interesting approach, but it's just I keep feel like we keep seeing these things where it's like is is where the Suns really as like all happy go lucky as they seem to be during the regular season, like and now you you look like, Javale's gone, so like it's like he it seemed like he was a big part of that. It's going to be weird to see how or interesting to see how all this plays out with DeAndre Ayton and whether or not they kind of all get their mojo back. I don't feel like the Suns need this, right? Like. I, with everything going on, I don't feel like this is energy they really need in, in the locker room. I'm going to be interested to see how it all plays out. I think he's still going to be a son when, when the season starts. So I don't know how he, they recover all of this. I don't. I wonder who his problem is with, if it's Monty, if it's his teammates, if it's uh, James Jones. So like, we'll see. But I, I, I don't know. It, it leaves a weird taste in my mouth from Jay. I would be shocked if it had something to do with his teammates because I know that Chris Paul and Devin Booker were the ones that recruited him to come play for the Suns a couple of years ago. So um, regardless of where the rift is, and we're all all left to just assume that something's up and that there is a rift between him and somebody. Uh, But what are you getting from this? And that's probably why he ended up just deactivating his Instagram because I think in the world that we're in, we get so upset and we want to express those feelings and the easiest, quickest way that we do that because everybody's always on social media is to hop on social media. And then you get yourself in, you know, situations like this where at the end of the day, it just doesn't look good on Jay. And I hate that for him because I'm a, I, I mean, I'm a big Jay Crowder fan. I felt like, you know, maybe his performance in the postseason this year wasn't the best, but he brought a lot of personality to the team. He was a big part 
um, of getting them to the finals, uh, you know, two seasons ago. And so I felt like he was a valuable part of this team. You know, he did, he was the salsa dancer two years ago. I mean, he brought a lot of personality. Uh, I guess LeBron was the salsa dancer and then Jay Crowder yeah. was the salsa dancer. I mean, dancer, in, but... <laughs> in New Orleans, there was the whole fuck Jay Crowder thing. Like, yeah, he was a big yeah. part of, like, kind of the attitude of the team. Um, and I mean, I guess that's a two, a, double-edged sword right like if he's gonna have that personality on the court like he's gonna bring that personality off the court too probably so i think that's kind of coming through it 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 is it is interesting in that tweet particular where he's like um growth is optional like i wonder if it's like if he's unhappy with how he's utilized if you think he can be a bigger contributor i don't know i just i don't understand how you could say a team doesn't believe in you though when they gave you a contract and actively play you so like i, I don't really know what that that's yeah he's mean, under like, contract right now and the other thing too is he's hopped around every yeah. couple of years for a for his entire career really um he's had a lot of stops and a lot of teams you could say that didn't maybe believe in him if that's the case yeah. um i felt like if anything like phoenix has been very fair although again we don't know what's happening behind the scenes yeah. but i hate to see it for the Suns, and I hate to see it for Jay Crowder as well. Like, I kind of wish in this situation he would just um, put himself in the best light right now. Like, I know maybe you're a little frustrated and you have every right to be frustrated. It's your life and it's your career, but it doesn't do yourself any good when you take to social media in that way. So, yeah. yeah. I'm ready for basketball to just start and they can actually <laughs> show us what they are. And, and all of this noise kind of goes away. Just like ASU, all the, there's all this noise in the offseason. I'm ready for them to just actually play so we can kind of forget about it or I maybe not forget about it and understand, at least don't have a reason for why they're not playing well. We'll see. But I'm, I, I want... I just like when things happen on the court or on the field, like all of this, this drama is fun, but let's play sports. It's the dilemma of every postseason. <laughs> you just want to see it being duked out on the court instead yep. of being talked about behind the scenes. So we are almost there. Kind of the same thing happened during uh, the off season for college football. Thankfully college football is back and we're going to get into some more storylines surrounding college football. But first uh, you know, one of our favorite things to do is bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Did you, did you bet on last night's ASU game? Yeah, I was, I was, I was a coward when it came to the spread. So I stayed away from it. Um, but I did bet the over lost on that because NAU scored three points. Um, I expected them to, score a little bit more than that i i think my prediction was them to score 16 points so they kind of oh. let me down in that regard but i'll take i'll take losing on the over if it means ASU is is dominating a team like that so it is what it is are you betting on any college football games this weekend yes i'm 100 percent hammering san diego state minus six i think they win by at least a touchdown in arizona hammering buffalo at maryland uh, it's just Maction. I think they're 22 point underdog. So I'm, I'm 20, 22 point spread there. I'm, I'm hammering that. Um, there's some other games I'm probably going to bet. I'm interested in the Oregon Georgia game this weekend. I think that'll be mm. fun. Bo Nix has returned to the SEC. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Man, I'm so excited that college football is back. Yeah. Dang it, I love it so much. Uh, if you want to get in on the action, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using that promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on any college football game. You're going to get $200 in free bets instantly. That is using that code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. All right. I mentioned that we were getting back into some storylines surrounding college football. So did you see this, Sean? Dan Patrick <laughs> on his self-titled show, The Dan Patrick Show, said a source told him that a potential landing spot for Urban Meyer to get back into coaching college football is roll the tape. Washington. Arizona State. Oh. oh. Yeah. That is the wrong place for Urban Meyer to go. <laughs> for a number. You, have, have you ever gone out in Tempe? Yes, I have. Yeah, he, he would love it. Yes, I have. He'd forego a salary. <laughs> no way. Ooh, yes, Tom. They're ready to kick Herm Edwards to the curb? That's it for Urban Meyer? I think he's on the hot seat. Wow. I think he's on that, uh, that hot but seat. But he plays to win the games and everything. He plays to win the game. <laughs> I'm going to give you first reaction to this uh, just because you're on the ASU beat. So reaction to Herm Edwards being on the hot seat. He's been on the hot seat. I guess that's nothing new. And then what are your thoughts on Urban Meyer maybe coming to Tempe? Yeah, I mean, Herm is most certainly on the hot seat. I think that he's been on the hot seat since last year. But um, the Urban Meyer thing is complicated because on one, like, We've talked about this a lot on the on the ASU show, mostly in a joking manner with like a hint of seriousness to it. I am of the opinion that Urban Meyer is the single greatest college recruiter of all time. I think he's a top three college coach of all time. And I and I think a lot of people when they think of Urban Meyer, their their image of him has been a little tainted by what's happened since he's gone. He went to the Jags. Um, but part of what makes well, him so good. Well, before that, well, before well, that, buddy, yeah. Florida and Ohio State, he didn't leave Ohio State on a good note either. No, but he also won there, right? Like people still, like they had opinions of him, but they viewed him as a winner still. I think a lot of people are kind of shy, or have moved away from that image of him since the Jacksonville thing. But like part of what's made him such a good coach is is kind of the relationship he's able to have with young men as opposed to other grown ass men that that don't look at him and don't have the same relationship with him like i hope if he comes back to college he's not kicking kickers like that's not acceptable and he probably shouldn't be doing that but like you look at he he's had success literally everywhere he's gone in college so on that in that regard like if he were to be the coach at Arizona State, like I think it would be pretty good for the program i have a hard time believing that michael crow would approve something like that based on his relationship with the with the athletic department i don't think he would bring in something that someone that could be potentially so damaging to asu's image um because he doesn't really seem like he cares that much about athletic success in that regard um but just as a football fan like i think asu wins more games if Urban Meyer is a coach they get better recruits i think it's good in that regard i just hope he stays away from mill maybe put like a tracking bracelet on him just so we know where he is at all times follow him with a camera don't allow him in any bars um in tempe then we might be successful. But I, I, on the other hand, on the other side of this is like everywhere he has gone, like you have said, he's kind of destroyed the program. Like he's been successful, but after he leaves, it's like the, the things come out about what he's done. Obviously what he did with his coordinator at, at, at Ohio state was terrible. I mean, you look at the, just the players he had at Florida state, like Aaron Hernandez, um, the Pouncey brothers, like that is just a, a weird group of people that he had there. Some of which ended up being terrible people. Um, so I, I, it's just a very complicated issue where I think he would be good, but at the same time, it could go very, very bad. But upgrade from Herm, probably. Yeah, um, Florida, not Florida State. I knew what you meant. Florida, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw Shane was like sitting back and then he said Florida State and he was like. <laughs> <laughs> Florida, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I listen. I think he's going to be a college football coach again for sure. I yeah. don't really know how you come back from everything that has followed him and every stop behind the scenes. He's a winner, no doubt. I mean, I grew up an Ohio State fan, and I've always been an Urban Meyer fan and have always given him the benefit of the doubt, like to a fault, to be honest with you. Yeah, 100%. Um, and especially what with, with I think the the kind of like the last straw for me was what went on in Jacksonville. It's like, listen, people can mess up, but when it becomes a pattern and it's a pattern everywhere you go, whether it's in the college rings or in the pros, whether it's in one city or one market or another, when you consistently have a reputation for uh, behaving in a certain way especially with the the video that, you know, that circulated with him in that bar that we're all kind of joking about with him being out on mill. I mean, just like one thing after another, the way that he yeah. treats his players and all the things. And so at some point he will, in my opinion, get another opportunity. I cannot, to your point, I totally agree. I cannot see Michael Crow, Ray Anderson, even being on board with that kind of hire. Um, but you know, we all know that at some point we're going to have a new coach um, at ASU sooner rather than later. So um, just don't know that he's the right foot, uh, right yeah. fit, but he definitely could win. He definitely yeah, no, could I, I think ultimately with Urban, he is like a winner of a coach, but he's a loser of a person. So it's just kind of like, uh, how much are you willing to take to get that win? And at a conference like the Pac-12, I don't think they're going that far. If it's the SEC, Big Ten, maybe I think they have a little bit more of a tendency to kind of put away, put out, to to look away from some of the personal stuff in the, the name of winning. Pac-12, particularly Michael Crow, I don't think really rocks like that. I will say this is a little bit of a stretch, and I'm not agreeing with any of it. But I can think of another coach that likes to go out and uh, hang out with the younger younger girls, or at least he did. And that's Lane Kiffin and his, <laughs> um, his uh, what do you call it? Like a, a undercover name or whatever, Joey Freshwater. Like it was like a known thing that he would hang out with college students and we all laugh about it. And like, yeah. he's still a very popular coach here uh, you know, in football, but you know, Urban gets caught with doing one thing, and I'm not defending literally any of it. That's not the point of me saying it. But, like, there are other coaches that we just are like, oh, that's just Lane. There he is, hanging out with yeah. college girls again. Joey Freshwater. Like, but come on. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it does leave a little bit of a different taste in people's mouths because Lane is significantly younger than Urban Meyer. And yes. Urban also has just a track record of of behavioral issues. Um, but yeah, it's Lane is a whole, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Lane Kiffin is, is an enigma. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would, None I mean, if Lane good, Kiffin though. wants None to coach here, good. I'll take that too, though. I mean, football, it'll be better for the football. I'll, I'll say that. Like, can't, if you, if you, if you're focusing strictly on the on field stuff, uh, hard to, to want anyone else other than urban at this point, but yeah. All right. Well, at least this season, uh, I, we could expect, unless things really, really, really go south, uh, Herm Edwards will remain the head football coach at ASU yeah. for at least the end of the, the year. Um, I guess TBD. Uh, but with the start of college football gave us uh, <laughs> an incredible <laughs> moment 
I can't even call it a play, although the play was equally as impressive. Uh, Penn State at Purdue, absolutely wild. Tons of lead changes, seven to be exact, uh, a few in the fourth quarter, uh, including one big one, a 72-yard pick six by Chris Jefferson that ended up going viral because of what ensued after the fact. Uh, Puking Uh. his guts out (laughs) after, uh, and the internet swiftly dubbing it the puke six, um, and the, the thing is, is they didn't even win this game. So like, I really <laughs> feel bad about it. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, ah! I feel the same way when I do physical activity. Like I lost a bet one time and I had to run suicides in college immediately. I had to take the bus back to my apartment, had to get off like a few stops early and walk. Cause I was about to vomit all over the bus. Like I, I do not react well to, to, I can't imagine I would react any differently to running 72 yards. Um, but yeah, it hurts a little bit more because they lost the game. Um, it's just uh, like that that's going to be your lasting image from the game. It's like even if you had won the game, you got the pick six. No one's going to care about that because you vomited on national TV afterwards. So <laughs> that's just a a tough look for the guy. I feel, I feel bad for him. You could see as he was walking off the field too, like he did not look well no, at all. And yeah. then they cut back to him and he goes, yeah just everyone's like, everyone's patting him on the back patting him on the shoulder pads and he's just you could just see it on his face he's just like i don't want to be here right now i got something <laughs> to take care of it was tough yeah like josh said quite literally leaving it all on the field <laughs> uh, hey like i said if i if i ran somebody two yards i would want to puke too so i can't i'm not gonna blame the guy i mean i don't know there are worse things to go viral for so yeah, I mean, you could have puked after getting like stiff-armed into the earth. Like that would have been a really bad look. At least it was at the end of something positive. So yeah, he could have gotten. He could have been brought down just short of the goal line, didn't <laughs> score the puked. touchdown, and then puked. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been significantly worse. So at least you got a touchdown in your stats. And focus <laughs> on that part. All right, we have one more. Did you see this? And it is a doozy. I think everybody probably has seen it by now. But Sean, did you see this? Tom Brady's new look after returning from his 11-day hiatus, looking like a new man or an altogether different man might be a better way of putting it. (laughs) I don't even – the hair is so bad i feel like that's what makes this a lot worse because now his head just looks really tall and it's just he's always had those cheekbones and as he's gotten older i think he's lost some of the baby fat yeah but look it to the left that was just taken yeah that's i don't even i don't i don't know i don't know what's going on with him he's just i don't like i don't think he wants to be playing football my whole theory is that he was going to retire and then he either either a he spent too much time at home and he was like, well, this fucking sucks. And I, I decided to go back or he's just doing it despite Adam Schefter because Adam Schefter broke his retirement news. And then and now he's coming back. So Schefter can't can't claim that. Um, but either way, I just I don't know if he really wants to be here. I just don't think he can be anywhere else. Uh, but, yeah, that picture on the right is. Ooh, it's just I just want to make hair. sure he's okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, hey, maybe the mass singer took a lot of energy out of him. <laughs> there, there are like rumblings, and I do really feel for him. It'll be interesting to see um, kind of what happens on the football field this year. But this should football should be secondary to everything else, especially at this point in Tom Brady's career. But yeah. there's like rumblings that Giselle's not happy with him, and there's like, uh, you, you know. Sh- I don't even want to get it. I don't want this to turn into like us weekly or whatever, but I, (laughs) I I feel for the guy if that's the case and he should know that family 
comes first. And I think that might be something that's eating at him is if it really is taking a toll on his life outside of football, the fact that he unretired, which it probably, I can't even imagine the identity crisis that somebody like Tom Brady, an absolute legend, one of the best to ever play the game. Some could argue the best, um, now walks away from the only thing he's ever known from his entire life. There yeah. there probably was a huge identity crisis, not to mention it's probably met with a midlife crisis. <laughs> and that's like a recipe for disaster. Then you decide, no, I'm not ready to hang it back up. And potentially now your wife is really upset with that decision. Oh my goodness. If that's like really everything that's going on, which I don't know, uh, but there's a good chance that that's going on. I f- genuinely feel for the guy. Yeah, no, it's definitely like, obviously I've got jokes, but like at the end of the day, if stuff going on in his personal life, it's it's sad, right? I mean, but yeah, like you said, I just, it's hard to imagine, especially growing up in rooting for an AFC East team and seeing Tom Brady two years or two times a year. Like it's hard to imagine football without Tom Brady. Um, so I can't imagine what Tom Brady feels like without of, 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 of thinks about football without Tom Brady. Um, yeah, it's just, but uh, ignoring all of like the, the very real stuff, those pictures are just wild. Like his, his, I just don't know. I, I feel like every year he has a different look. His hair is just, is something else. Okay, I, that photo is out <laughs> of control and it's not a photo. Yeah. It's a screenshot of a video. So like, it's not like it was some like Photoshopped, like weird, whatever. Like it, it that's video of him. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like Tom, Tom, that's not it. Who, who, well, which one of his friends, I guess all of them is not telling him like, Hey dude, like you, you went a little too far. Yeah. I mean, I feel like his like whole style kind of has, has improved as like with his relationship with Giselle. Like he's, as he, when he was young, he looked goofy and it's kind of improved. Now maybe Giselle's mad at him for coming back. And now she's just playing pranks on him and being like, I promise, babe, this haircut is just, it's the rage right now. Like, <laughs> trust me, I'm the model. And now he's out here looking goofy as fuck. So you never know. Maybe that's her way of getting back at him. Trust me, all of my sources in the fashion industry tell yeah. me that the electrocuted hair look is what's in. Yeah, yeah just uh, Russell Wilson better not trip because Sierra might just make him look goofy as hell. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a warning to to the football players that have more fashionable wives. Just behave. They're going to make you look dumb. We're awful. I feel bad for where this is. I'm, I, I'm like, man, I'm, I feel so bad for the guy. But also, let me make fun of his look. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> we'll see what happens with Tom Brady. I wish the best for him. Um, good luck with all things life and football, Tom. <laughs> yeah, well, to a certain extent with football, like if he can lose in the NFC Championship to the Cardinals, that'll be prime. Oh, well, he can go out like yeah, that. that'd be great. But I, yeah. I was listening to NFL Network this morning, and they didn't even have – the Bucks making it to the playoffs. So that would still be good for Tom, I guess. Yeah. That is, that is, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast too. They're, they're, the, they're making the playoffs. They're probably going to, I think they're going to win the NFC. They, they're the, I don't know who else wins that division. The NFC South is tragic. That is, <laughs> they're saying the Saints are going to win the division. Like it's definitely not. Unless they got a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield, I don't know what's going on there. That's that. That's one of the more wild things I think I've heard today. Apparently, the consensus around Tom Brady is like not great right now. So, 
Okay. I've heard that one before. This is Tom Brady. We had these, a couple of times that the, the whole Brady is wash statement has blown up in everyone's face. I'm not going to count out, count out Tom Brady unless he's not on the field. And even then, he'll still probably throw three touchdowns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Well, uh, just like Tom Brady may be going through some stuff in his life. Sometimes we all go through some stuff. Sometimes we have a bad day. Sometimes we have a stressful day and we just kind of want to wind down, relax. Um, insert OGs. My favorite way to relax at the end of a stressful day. Uh, and we also have some free stuff for you. Um, you can enter the Flavoring Life Sweepstakes. One winner will receive three, yes, three, bags, entire bags of OGs, including uh, Orange Creamsicle, which is our favorite over at PHNX. Uh, I know that's Michaela's personal favorite as well. Uh, and Tropical Flavors, you're going to get an OGs hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and there's more, a PHNX annual membership. So you can go over to gophnx.com to sign up, or you can click the link in our show notes. Um, check out OGs online at OG brand, ogsbrands.com. Also on Instagram at ogsbrands, make it simple for you. Uh, and you can also find their products at your local dispensary as well. So Plenty of options for you to go and get your OGs. Um, they're incredible flavors, but uh, you don't want to miss out on entering that sweepstakes that they've got going on uh, because we have a ton of cool things, as I just noted. Uh, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase when it comes to OGs. All right. Well, Sean, thank you for filling in for Mac. Of course, Shane, thank thanks for, for filling me. in for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Any final notes before we head into the weekend? No, uh, go on Twitter and wish the GM, Saul Bookman, a happy birthday. Oh, uh, happy birthday, Saul. Yes, yes, yes. Go do that. Yes, if you're still uh, in the chat right now, head over once we finish to Twitter. Tweet at Saul Bookman a very, very big happy birthday. Uh, 100%. You can also follow us on Twitter, sign up for a, a membership at gophnx.com at phnx underscore sports is our Twitter handle. Uh, you can find us on Instagram as well. And then we are always asking you, please subscribe to this podcast leave it a far five-star review. It helps us out a ton uh, as well as subscribe to the channel. So you don't miss whether it's TPSP or the Sun Devil show, Cardinals, Suns. Uh, we got a little bit of today, everything. Say that again. I said live at 3 p.m. today, by the way, Sun Devils. We're going to talk more Urban Meyer and obviously talk about the game last night. So hop on in. It's a party. It's a Friday. It's going to be hot or not. It's the best day of the week. Friday's for sure. Best day of the week. All right. Go sec check out the Sun Devil show at uh, 3 o'clock. And other than that, we hope you guys have a great weekend. See you guys.